Welcome to Estradial Illusions. This episode will be a uh, breaking news and analysis type episode, so shorter, probably go about 20 minutes. And we are talking all about the news that Disneyland is ending or sunsetting its annual pass holder program. Longtime listeners of the show know that we've uh, covered Disneyland a few times. Our uh, most popular Disneyland episodes are a three-part ranking of every Disneyland ride that's in the main park and not counting Galaxy's Edge, although we have done episodes both on Galaxy's Edge pre-Rise of the Resistance and then Rise of the Resistance itself, and then also the uh, Star Tours update with the the Rise of Skywalker added in. Don't want to get too off subject, but... uh, as, as a Disneyland uh, pass holder, somebody lives in Long Beach, which is only about a half hour away from Anaheim, if you're not from the uh, California area, uh, I went to Disneyland pretty much every week if I was able to. We went 26 times in uh, 2019 with the uh, bottom tier SoCal Select Pass, and then in 2020, we had been seven times already. I would upgraded to the uh, uh, Signature Pass with Terra. And I love it. I'm very sad to hear that they're uh, sunsetting the program. Although, uh, with all of that in mind, it, it's really not the uh, biggest surprise in the world. And that's mostly because there are a lot of pass holders. And Disneyland has been closed for 10 months now. It'll be probably at least a year. I mean, it'll have been closed for at least a year when it does eventually get to reopen. And assuming that the model fits in line with what's happened in Florida, where they've opened with uh, smaller capacity, the idea of having, there are estimated to be about a million annual pass holders. Now, it's a number that it's it's complicated to speculate on that because Disney doesn't release the data and nobody, not even like the LA Times, has a big, big, like clear number, so... The pretty common estimate is about a million annual pass holders. So that's a lot of people. And that's a lot of people. Disneyland, again, the exact capacity is not 100% known. It's believed the uh, general max capacity of Disneyland is about eighty to 85,000. So if you just do the math there, if only a fraction, let's say 25% of 80,000 is 20,000, million annual pass holders, 20,000 people can come in. That's not including people who just want to come and uh, buy a ticket and show up to the park for a single day. Uh, That is a catastrophic mess to try and figure out how to reopen the park with annual pass holders who presumably, I mean, it's the whole city of Anaheim is really pretty much Disney. There's it's a place with two sports teams that, I mean, as somebody who's often gone from Disneyland to a sports game, uh, I mean, the, 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 the city needs this. It's a Disney city. And you just, you can't, there, there was no way that you could open the park and char- start charging annual pass holders again when you have to have a reservation system to come in. It just would have been a nightmare. And actually, I mean, to compare California and Florida, these are two very different states. Florida has a big Trump-loving governor, Ron DeSantis, really wants to open open everything as soon as possible. California has a lot more consumer uh, protections, all sorts of stuff that really would have made this just an absolute nightmare if the uh, park was going to open at a reduced capacity and not basically 
give refunds to annual pass holders immediately. They'd just be kind of staring at the face. Like the, this this idea that the they were going to close the entire annual pass holder program is really not a surprise. It was really the simplest way to get to a state where they can prepare to kind of open up the park and deal with the onslaught of people. I mean, also just from from a outside standpoint, if you're Disneyland, you've been hemorrhaging billions of dollars during COVID. When you have a chance to open the park, you probably don't want to open the park to people who <laughs> don't need to pay full price. I mean, and, and that's a whole double-edged sword of people who have already paid for annual pass. I mean, they're not cheap. My signature pass was, uh, I think it's about 1300 bucks plus another 100 They make you buy the max pass to uh, get unlimited fast passes. That uh, <laughs> They make you pay another $80 for that thing, So and plus tax. And I got the pass that included parking so that we didn't have to pay $25 for parking visit so it's i mean it's it's all a mess and to to it's a mess for so so many different reasons part of the reason why i wanted to do this episode in particular is because i've been seeing so many awful takes on the internet basically shitting all over annual pass holders saying good riddance people adults have centered their whole identity on disney i mean i'm somebody who went there every week it's not my whole identity i do take a lot of pictures there and I'm sure a lot of my followers are probably pretty annoyed about that. Endless Disney, but I mean, guess what? It's when you live a half hour away from a place like that and you pay for a, a ticket that lets you go whenever you want, it's pretty cool to go whenever you want. Anyone who lives in Anaheim will tell you the exact same thing. Whether whether the rest of the world kind of rolls their eyes at the fact that there are people who can go to Disney whenever they want, it's really, really fun to go whenever you want. And all these people are saying, oh, oh, these annual pass holders, they're Karens, they hog the park, they act rude to cast members. I mean, I think I'll, I, I, I can only speak, I'm speaking as somebody who is ostensibly kind of one of the people that, these, that this criticism is being directed at, and yet, at the same time, as somebody who's, who goes there all the time, I don't, I don't really witness that behavior. Cast members don't really put up with that stuff either if there's like this rudeness i mean you can people do get asked to leave there's a huge toontown uh brawl and uh god it's a huge fight there two, two summers ago <laughs> absolute zoo those people are banned from life i have seen uh, really the only thing times i can really think of people who were acting rude is when the park was absolutely uh to the capacity and people uh were staying at the hotels and also i mean while we're on that subject Outside Disney people may not really understand this, but but Disney World and Disneyland, they're not just two different two very different places because of number of parks or the geography. Their cultures are very 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 different. Disney World has 28 Disney-owned hotels at Disney World. Disneyland has 3. And not only that, there are 34 hotels that operate they're not all run by Disney, but but really within the park to the three that Disneyland has. And Anaheim, there's obviously a lot of hotels. So Hyatt, there's there's pretty much any type of hotel you can find. But those cultures, in terms of who these parks uh, attract, are very, very different. No estimate thinks that, that Disney World has close to a million annual pass holders. It's a it's it's a tourist park. Disneyland is not as much of a tourist park. It's all, I mean it is a place that people travel to from far away. 
but there is also the like when you go to Orlando, you're going there for Disney or Universal. When you go to Southern California, yes, you can make a Disney day. You can there. We also have a Universal park. It's pretty fun. Very small though. Uh, you don't just come to Southern California to go to Disney. They're very. It's a very very different culture. And Disneyland really does rely on annual passes. There's a reason. There's when you go to Disneyland, if you're an annual pass holder, they're emailing you basically every week showing where you can find pass holder, annual pass holder exclusive merchandise. You go mobile order. You can go if you place a mobile order at uh, select. They they let you know which ones at select restaurant. They give you a button. I have a lot of these buttons. I'm a huge fan of the the beignets from the mint julep bar. We have a lot of mint julep buttons, and I've given a lot of them away. We still have a bunch. So, they love... Disneyland loves annual pass holders. This isn't really about annual pass holders sucking. What it is kind of about, though, is... So, last year, Disneyland issued... uh, They introduced the uh, Flex Pass. So, generally speaking, when you buy an annual pass, they release at the beginning, or I guess at the end of each year, they release the Blackout Calendar... I'm not even sure if it's actually the end of end of the year. At some point, they release a calendar with blackout dates for the following year. And when you buy a pass, they have tiers. They have the uh, and they go up. I mean, the the signature plus pass is very expensive. You have to pay a a lot of money if you don't want if you want to basically go every single day. And they introduced a... And these are set. When you get a tier, you get those days. And there are certain blackout dates when you can't go. But, I mean, there, there's nothing you can really do about it. If you want to go on one of those days, you actually have to pay full price. One exception being uh, two summers ago when Galaxy's Edge first opened. And this is an, I, I don't tangent that we're going to go on a little later, but we won't go on it immediately. They did offer uh, annual pass holders uh, the option to go during the summer if you were blacked out for cheaper than it normally would be. So, point being that, that the whole model was basically this rigid blackout dates don't change. You get what you get. They introduced a model called the Flex Pass, which basically said you get a base number of days where you can go whenever you want, and then here are these other days, that special days that require a reservation. Weekends, uh, certain days when they're expecting more traffic. And what you can do is, ahead of time, you make your reservation, and they'll let you know if you can come into Disneyland, or if you can come into California Adventure, or if you can go into both. And that was a fairly new system. And the introduction of the Flex Pass was essentially led a lot of people to believe that Disneyland was trying to move away from the rigid blackout dates of the original annual passes and that that the future was going to have a model where reservations were required. And this gives Disneyland greater flexibility to determine how busy the park is going to be. Because Disneyland doesn't really want 85,000 people in the park if it's going to be so crowded and all the people who paid full price are going to be angry that they didn't get to do anything. I have been on the park at the park at days, especially during spring break, where it is hard to find a place where there isn't a half-hour line for something. And that that's really what I would call untenably full. Other people may have different views of that. However, I mean, somebody on Facebook was saying, like, Look, I, annual pass holders is not fair. I want the park to... You say untenable is, is half-hour lines. I, I don't want there to be any lines. And it's like, okay, well, this is Disneyland. Disneyland, as a park, doesn't want there to be no lines anywhere. If you if you go... There are plenty of days we can go in, like, September or or 
end of April, early May, when schools aren't out and there's nobody's on break, where the park is pretty empty and you can pretty much go wherever you want with no lines, assuming you use a fast pass line. I mean, uh, max pass, assuming you use that pretty well. You can go on days when it's not going to be that crowded. However, I mean, just just wanting the park to always be not that crowded. I mean, we've been we went seven seven times in 2020, including around the time when Rise of the Resistance opened. It really wasn't that big of a zoo. It was a zoo around New Year's and kind of the period from Christmas to New Year's, and then like a week after, it's really really bad for the park. And then even, like, the the weekend when Rise of the Resistance first went, came out, it came out, I think, on a Thursday, and we were there on the Sunday. Yeah, the lines in the morning are really crowded. But, I mean, the park, it, 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 it was still plenty to do. I'm somebody who does not really like... If, if the Fast Pass line is uh, looking like a half hour for something like Space Mountain, I'm not going to wait in that. I, I've ridden these things probably close to 100 times each. So, like, I, I'm somebody who doesn't really like waiting in lines. And yet, these Disney—I mean, these people complaining about all the lines and the crowds at Disneyland. This doesn't happen. It doesn't get unbelievably crowded all that often. I think a lot of these people writing on it or speculating a lot are, are doing so based on uh, Florida, which is totally different. It's a those these are two very very different experiences. I'm not talking about Disney World. I'm talking about Disneyland. And Disneyland, it doesn't it. There's always, if you use the app, if you have Max Pass, you're really not going to very often find a point in your day, even like in the afternoon slot where you've got the people who showed up in the morning and haven't quite gone home. I mean, Tara and I, when we go to Disneyland, we tend to spend 10 to 12 hours there, which is not necessarily par for the course. Not a lot of people will show up for rope drop and then basically stay till 9 o'clock. That's not that common. However, like... Really, the only point of the day where it's like, shit, I have nothing to... You really can only find that spot in, like, right after lunch for a couple hours until, like, the, the basically late afternoon. And, and the, we, we're pretty good at finding things to do. I would also push back on the idea that, that somebody just going there for a single day who buys a park hopper ticket for both uh, Disneyland and California Adventure, I really push back on the idea that you can't basically fit everything you'd want to do into a day. If you want to do absolutely everything in both parks, you're, you're really going to need two days, and you can do that comfortably in two days pretty much. But I mean, for like a casual Disney person, you've got to have things that you don't care about or don't want to do. For example, I'm not a huge fan of Toy Story Midway Mania. That's a very, very popular ride in California Adventure. If you've never been to the park, you probably want to do it. And if you've never been to the park, you probably want to do everything. That's that's fine, but I mean, <laughs> they're not designed to be to have everything done in a day. I I, I can take or leave. I don't like Autopia, uh, Jungle Cruise. I don't really care about doing every time. Uh, if there was no line, I'd probably do story, uh, Storybook Land canal boats every time. But I mean, those lines can get pretty bad. You learn to kind of do what you can when. Uh, We've kind of gotten into the Disney mode where we would uh, look at the schedule after we'd kind of gotten uh, the max passes. And, I mean, if you're a casual Disney fan, you probably don't know that, that refreshing the max pass uh, a, a lot of times if you don't get a really good one, if you just kind of keep refreshing it after a minute or so, like, there's there's bound to be a good ride that pops up with a fast pass that isn't too far away. That, that, that kind of stuff does happen. But, like... 
I just I, I think like the casual Disney fan like somebody like me who wants to ride the Matterhorn three times or or Big Thunder twice or Space Mountain twice if you're just trying to do everything once you can do that and all these people are so angry at the annual pass holders saying oh you hog the park blah 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 you're you're so evil all of this I mean I've been there on days when there's basically nobody there but annual pass holders we saw this when Galaxy's Edge opened. They blocked out all the bottom tier uh, SoCal Select people were blacked out for the entirety of the summer of uh, the, the summer of 2019. And the result was that Disneyland basically had to offer incentives, pay $100 and come back. You can even <laughs> they say pay $100. You can bring a friend who doesn't have an annual pass as long as you have an annual pass. Both pay 100 bucks for a park hopper, which is a tremendous value, especially in the summer. And uh, Tara and I did that because we had the bottom tier uh, annual pass at that point. And uh, we got basically everything done. <laughs> even even things. Uh, so Soarin' over California is another one that I'm really not a huge. Well, normally it's Soarin' over the world now. They have more of a worldly one. Long time Disneyland people, probably the same kind of people who would listen to this kind of podcast, uh, often would attest, and Tara was one of the people who would attest to this, that... Soarin' over California was much better. I used to think that was kind of a load of crap, and I've ridden on both, and guess what? I, I kind of do agree with the uh, longtime Disney Disney fanatics that Soarin' over California is is a much more enjoyable experience, and knowing how many Disney superfans are out there, if you want... Uh, I think there is something to the idea that they should keep Soarin' uh, over the world in uh, Florida, Disney World, and keep Soarin' over California in in california so that uh, the parks have something different kind of like how they have tower of terror at disney hollywood studios in florida and we have uh, guardians of the galaxy mission breakout it, i personally am a big fan of not having redundancies between the two obviously like a space space mountain big thunder mountain you're gonna have uh, it's a small world you're gonna have both and that that's fine that's that's disney magic you've got to have the classics so but outside of the classics switch it up give people a reason to go to both but anyway so back to galaxy's edge <laughs> jumping all over the place they uh they had to they had to get people to come back it was a summer in disneyland they were expecting record crowds and uh instead people were fired because uh nobody came <laughs> disney executives lost their jobs because they bungled the annual pass holder expectancy a lot so kind of with all of that in mind for annual passes they canceled, I think, because they had to. They couldn't really open and keep charging annual pass holders without a, an idea of when the park was going to be open to full capacity. If the park could open at full capacity, they would uh, probably have not closed the program. I mean, maybe they would have. Or maybe they would have just started charging people again and, and been on uh, firmer legal footing to have done so. But... What we've seen is that Disneyland, Disney makes, they, they're seen as like this big leviathan that, that, that kind of commits no wrong in terms of creative or their business decisions on how to give people a good time. The entirety of California Adventure from its, its uh, origins in the very early 2000s, it, that was a disaster. They handled that so poorly by making like a generic sort of California style park versus really uh, leaning on their Disney properties, and it wasn't really until Cars Land came, uh, much uh, basically ten years after it opened, that uh, the park was was really seen as as a great great idea. Animal Kingdom, Disney Hollywood Studios, these are parks that that Disney really has uh, spent 
decades trying to perfect. And even, not even just decades trying to perfect, but decades trying to get right. So I, I actually, I, I really don't think that the annual pass holder program is going away. I think it is going away for now because it needs to go away for now. You know, with, with, with Avengers Land opening and Disney California Adventure and with Galaxy's Edge really only becoming complete with the opening of Rise of the Resistance in January of, of 2020. So basically two months before. I had to write that five times. Pretty pretty cool. Our Rise of the Resistance podcast has been uh, incredibly popular uh, since then. I, I imagine the bulk of the people who have listened to it have not gotten a chance to ride the ride. It's a fantastic ride. Worth definitely worth uh, doing if you're you're going to Florida. That's a must do. And I I say that obviously you'd probably want to do one of the big things when you go there. But uh, the 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 stress that goes into getting a boarding pass for all of that you you do really need to plot a morning to be there and to get that. So if you're in Florida and you've got a lot of other things you want to do, I can see how some people probably if you're not super super big into Star Wars, you maybe you don't get up at the crack of the dawn to go to really a third-tier uh, Disney World Park like Disney Hollywood Studios to camp out and get that. I get it. I get all of that. But uh, it's a great ride. But point being, Disney opening Galaxy's Edge didn't bring untenable swarms of people. We we were we had been multiple Sundays in 2020 and kind of remarked at how similar it was to going on like any any old Thursday. And the park does, I mean, Disney Disney has such an intricate system. They, they do. They're experts at crowd control. And, like, they don't want, in the middle of the day, a case where Space Mountain has a 15-minute line. That line is always really going to be 45 minutes to an hour, at least. And that's not counting the Fast Pass, which you should totally use. You, no one should go and wait an hour and a half to ride Space Mountain. I've never done that. If this fast pass line is a half hour on Space Mountain, I just turn around. And yes, I'm somebody who goes to Disneyland way more often than 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 most people, except like, you know, tens of thousands of annual pass holders probably. So who knows? Who knows exactly how many people uh, fit into this kind of uh, demo for the intents and purposes of this podcast? But I don't think the annual the annual pass holders are going away. I've seen annual. They offer these uh, popcorn buckets that are shaped in Mickey, often like a Steamboat Steamboat Willie sort of Mickey ear shape. You just you, you, you can find plenty on eBay if you just type that in Mickey popcorn bucket annual pass holder. People will wait an hour to get an annual pass popcorn bucket, a popcorn bucket, a bucket for popcorn. How often are you going to use a popcorn bucket ever? And the answer is a lot of people like to use the popcorn bucket. God knows what. They want to have the popcorn bucket. The only time I've really gotten gone really berserk over an annual pass, uh, they had – so they have an annual pass holder magnet, which everybody can get if you have an annual pass. You can go there and you can get your annual pass magnet. They have a Halloween one. You can check my Instagram. A couple uh, – this would be October of 2019, right before I had bottom surgery. And – we forgot on one day to get the uh, to get the magnet before they closed, so we had to go on a separate day. Uh, Tara had taken like a half day at work, and we went in the afternoon. I was off hormones. I had to go, and I had to get the magnet. And it came with annual pass Halloween buttons. Those can get really long lines. Uh, the Just to get the AP magnet, uh, there were sometimes two-hour lines for that. So annual pass, I, I, get, I get that there's this sort of natural inclination to hate annual pass holders because annual pass holders will wait hours in line for a popcorn bucket. Fine. You want to hate annual pass holders? I don't know why you'd be listening to this podcast uh, 
20 minutes in if you did. But, uh, okay, it's not the most unreasonable thing in the world for now. My grandfather often is like, he doesn't understand why we love it so much, but he accepts that we love it so much, and he loves us. So, uh, you know, <laughs> he accepts us. <laughs> he accepts me basically along the same lines of probably not understanding homosexuality or all of that. <laughs> Lump Disneyland right into, <laughs> right into that category of, I don't get why you why you like this, but I love you, so, yeah. Annual passes are not going anywhere. And annual pass holders, like, I get just so angry. I love, love, love Disneyland cast members. And you get to know them if you go to rides, uh, if you go as often as we do, uh, you make friends. You look at my Instagram, I have pictures with multiple cast members. Uh, Winnie the Pooh uh, was was really our favorite in terms of getting to know the people there. It's a... Always dump on that ride too. Great ride, great ride, great ride. Always short lines. I, I view untenably crowded as the Winnie the Pooh line is like twenty five minutes long. Because generally speaking, that's the best line in the park. And if that's really, really, really bad, then pretty much everything else is going to be pretty bad. So I mean, all of these takes are like, oh, this is good. It gives them a chance to reset. What it really does is basically give everybody a chance to, uh, to move. Annual passes, they're probably all going to be variations of flex. You're probably going to need a reservation now to come in the park. The days of, I will just spontaneously go to Disney. We don't know if they're gone for good, because maybe there will be days where you can say, I want to go, and you can make a same-day reservation. I can't tell you that they're definitely gone. What I can say is it's almost certain that they're going to adopt, basically, an every tier pass is a flex pass model. And, I mean... They they've been very slow to do that. They even uh, there was a there was a Southern California. There's a tier of passes that you haven't been able to buy for a couple of years now. The Southern California passport that uh, they took it away, and then they brought it back because it was it, it really didn't fit their liking in terms of the cost and to to blackout date ratio, but. Uh, this just kind of shows when they when they make changes people don't like they revolt and uh, Disneyland needs annual passes they need these people will come back they need the people who will just go to Disneyland for a few hours I mean we've gone for like five hours before gone to see the show the um, st storytelling at the Royal Theater which is right off of Main Street kind of near where the princess is where the princess meet and greet uh, if you're facing the castle it's like uh basically like 10 o'clock to the uh, sort of up, upper left. Not quite the... Fa in, in between the Frontierland uh, area and the castle. So if you're looking at a map, you probably, if you've been to the park, know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, I, I, I don't think this is goodbye forever. This is a goodbye for now. And part of me, I... The way that I do Disney is 10 to 12 hours really go really hard. And I, I get, get to do everything. I think with having to wear a mask all day, and I'm very pro-mask, masks are important, masks save lives, uh, in terms of me wanting to go to a theme park and spend 10 hours with a mask on my face, that was not really high on my list. of There's a, I, there's a reason that, we, as a Disney addict, we haven't gone and flown to Florida to go to their park. I don't want to wear a mask for 10 hours. Nobody really does. That's not really that entertaining for me. So... There was a part of me that was afraid that they were going to open, that they were going to start charging annual pass holders again, and that I was kind of stuck in a situation where we'd have to go with the mask or not go at all and still pay to not go. So I think 
think they'll bring back Daniel Passes. They'll bring back... I'll tell you exactly... I don't know. I don't have a crystal ball. I'll tell you exactly when I think that the annual passes will come back. When Disneyland opens, they'll open at limited capacity. I don't know when they'll get to reopen. When they, when they eventually do get to reopen, they'll open with limited capacity. They will go up tiers and tiers as soon as... You know, Joe Biden could do a lot of good with this. He could. We could have the vaccinations. Everybody was vaccinated. We wouldn't have had to lose annual passes. <laughs> but... When when all of uh when when it's finally open, there will still be days when the crowd is at capacity because people miss Disney and former annual pass holders will pay full price. Not not a million, but a lot of people will go, and the park will be really crowded, and they'll you'll be able to enjoy it with uh paying full price, and it'll be full, and they'll do that. That'll work for a while. There will come a point where all the people who used to have annual passes. Uh, and who missed Disney will gradually that number will decrease, and like, uh, so the tourist industry is taking such a beating. I, we we don't know how many tourists will fly out to go to Disneyland. We we don't really know. It, it's hard to speculate on these numbers, but I think they'll bring the annual passes back pretty soon after they stop being able to really fill the park with people just paying full price. That's that's simple economics that I. I I stand by that that kind of idea. They're not going to release his data, so it's going to be hard for me to say, "Oh my God, I'm right." But I think that's they they had. I mean, it, it's the same thing with Galaxy's Edge and all these people saying, "Oh, this is a good thing." Fuck annual pass holders, so awful, awful, blah 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 blah. Like pass holders are the lifeblood of Disneyland. You you know, if you grew up and you had your annual trip to, I I get it. If you're angry. If you go to the park on a day, you've paid full price, it's your one day at Disneyland, and the place is crowded, it's obvious that you want to say, oh, I am angry at the people who get to go here every week. Fine. You're mad about that guy's kind of people? Fine. I I accept that. I don't really care. I <laughs> and The reason I don't care is Disneyland, it, I, 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 we spend a lot of money there, too. These passes are expensive. I Yeah. The bottom tier annual pass, if you go three times, you've basically made your money back. But Disneyland also has to bank on the fact that uh, those kind of people wouldn't necessarily have bought three separate tickets on a certain day. And guess what? On days when there aren't a ton of people who are buying full-price tickets, we're still there buying food. And, uh, I, I mean, the 20% off on merchandise is nice because uh, I always tell myself that I don't need any more merchandise. But when you have the 20% off to buy it, it's pretty fun. So... We, the, Disneyland needs us. And it's not our fault that the park is crowded on some days. It's Disney. Disney wants Disney wants crowds. Annual passes aren't the problem. And guess what? We're coming back. So kind of all of a moot point. And I think that's probably a good note to end on. Disneyland, I miss it. I miss it terribly. It's been a tough year. And it's it's hard also to, to express, oh my God, how much I miss it. Because I mean, there are a lot of bigger problems in the world. People people miss stability. People miss having stable jobs. People miss loved ones who died because of this virus. In the grand scheme of things, this isn't really that bad. But for those of us who... Uh, I'll be serious. I relied on Disney a lot for my mental health. If you think about... If you think about substituting a signature $1,300 pass for therapy, it's actually Disneyland's kind of a bargain in that, <laughs> in that regard. And also, it doubled as a gym. I got 10 hours worth of exercise every Sunday. And now I, I've put on a couple pounds since uh, since COVID. So I miss it for a lot of reasons. All the people, you, you know, if you're going to dunk on annual passes, uh, fine. But there are days when you're not there and we are. 
and we're keeping the park alive. <laughs> Big billion dollar. <laughs> we're the ones who the billion dollar corporation suckles all its money from. You, it's it's. Yeah, people who make Disney their uh, identity suck. But guess what? I probably won't live in SoCal forever. And while I do, I like to go to the happiest place on It is the happiest place on Earth. So it's a fun place that I miss. And, uh, I, you know, the annual pass holders are great. I love being an annual pass holder. I look forward to being an annual pass holder again and making people jealous on uh, Instagram when I put up Mr. Toad pictures. That's not why I do it, but if people are angry because of that, well, guess what? You can move to SoCal. You can get a pass, too. You know that don't 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 hate on the people who uh, just maybe live in Long Beach because it's close to Disneyland. Anyway, rambling. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time. <laughs>